0: Welcome to another edition of IDS Talks. My name is Jonathan Sachs, Chief Revenue Officer at IDS. And today we are joined by the founder, president and CEO of IDS, Dan Regard, here to talk to us about time and date stamp authentication because it turns out that matters. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Jonathan, great to
1: hear you today.
0: So Dan, the, uh, the other day, I was scrolling through my newsfeed that is probably given to me by some algorithm, knowing what I like to read and what I don't like to read. And an article from BuzzFeed popped up. It involved a, a student who submitted an assignment at 11.46 PM, according to the email. Uh, assignment was due at 12. The professor dinged the student 10 points for turning, in, turning it in almost too close to the deadline. And it got me thinking, the email has a timestamp on it and time and date stamps are on emails and other types of data. In this case, the argument was around whether 14 minutes was too close to the deadline or not, but it got me thinking there are cases out there where the time on that email and even the date on that email is make or break.
1: This is a pretty simple cut and dry case because the at least based on what I've seen from the same article the professor didn't dispute the authenticity of the timestamp of the student's submission. This might be a completely different case if the professor said your submission was late and the student produced what we've seen in litigation a screenshot or a PDF this is my submission email. This is what my screen looked like when I submitted it. And that PDF or that screenshot showed a time that was different. We've seen people do that where they've actually changed the data or mocked up the data in order to appear as if they'd meet, met the deadline when, in fact, they never did. But as I say, this particular case is cut and dry. What's more interesting is the cases that were not.
0: Right. And so that, I think, is what our listeners are very interested in hearing about. Cases where this was, in some cases, central
1: to the matter. Well, I'll give you one that I would call the reverse deadline case. We worked on a fraud, and embezzlement case where a home buyer refused to pay the bills of the company that built the home. And it turns out the home buyer had conducted a months long campaign of artificially communicating with a fake email address, long conversations to create a fake paper trail that looked like rebates and failures and discounts so that he could then say, I don't owe you this money. You and I already agreed. But the agreement was not a real agreement. It was a fake agreement based on fake emails With a fake email account. The plaintiff counsel got up in front of the judge and jury and said, We're going to show that the defendant home owner owes us this money and he tried to avoid it with these fake emails. Defense counsel got up with a smile on his face and said, Ha ha ha, their best piece of evidence, their number one best letter, we're going to show you was sent. They claim it was sent. 15 minutes after my client was involved in a near-fatal automobile accident, and everyone knows he was in a coma when they say he was sending an email. It could not have been him, and all of their evidence is suspicious. However, plaintiff counsel had been prepared by us. Plaintiff counsel got up and said, We're aware of the timestamps on the email, and we're aware of the time reported by the traffic police who responded to the accident. Those are not a problem because we will show you that the email was sent from a different time zone. It was actually sent 45 minutes before the accident, not 15 minutes after the accident. And bam, just like that, time mattered. Fast forward to the end of the trial, defendant was guilty. Defendant had to pay the money. Defendant went to jail. When time matters, take your time. Seems to make
0: make sense. Uh, so, Dan, that was a situation where that timestamp was was critical, determining the fifteen minutes. Are there situations, cases where, perhaps? The case isn't going to uh, really, you're going to win or lose based on that timestamp, but it just doesn't seem to fit right in the chronology. Your gut is telling you, "Mm, this is off.
1: Well, that was one, but we have others where clients have come to us and said, not from a misdirection or um, contempt of court or fraud on the court issue, but instead they've said, nobody knows when these events happened and if we could resolve them when they exactly happened both sides would be comfortable knowing what the right outcome is it was a case of who knew what when and it had to do with um investment bankers knowing or not knowing the status of certain potential investments they were making while the housing market was collapsing and this involved tens of millions of dollars they came to us and said, we have these five or six communications. Some are emails from Outlook. Some of these are Bloomberg messages. We, need, we, we have multiple versions of each showing different timestamps. And what happened on this one particular day, the sequence of events is important. Can you help us sort it out? And we did. We know and we show that there are internal time and date stamps inside of these messaging programs for logistical and engineering and quality control purposes that we could use to verify what the actual time was. And the reason they were wrong was because these messages had been communicated between Zurich and London and New York and collected from people traveling when they happened to be in California or Chicago and then processed by an e-discovery company using this basis for timestamp changes and then reviewed by the attorney's So there were multiple places of time zones being interpreted one way versus another or presented without that little parenthetical at the end that says, this is off by two hours, or this is off by four hours, or this is the distance from universal time coordinated. So we know on the East Coast, we're usually four hours off. Daylight savings time, we're off by five hours. Since we make that adjustment, that wasn't known. Long story short, we sorted it all out. And we showed the parties unequivocally, these are when the messages took place, and this is when the trading took place, and they resolved it. Fantastic, right? Not the end of the story. The attorney said, (laughs) we love this analysis. We love your answer. We understand why it's the right answer. You need to explain to the court how we can be good attorneys and still have the wrong timestamps on our evidence for eight years that you then solved in a few days. So we wrote another part of our expert report essentially explaining not only the accuracy of the time zone and the time stamps, but the complexity of time zones on Earth. I mean, Earth has 24 hours in a day. You would expect we have 24 time zones. We don't. We had 42 when I started that project. We had 43 when I finished it. We actually invented a new time zone in North Korea while we were writing the project. So it's a complicated issue. You know, in the United States, even, I just looked. We have 12 states with two time zones in them. That case we spoke about earlier in Tennessee is only one such state. And in Arizona, which only has one time zone, there are actually Indian tribes that recognize and don't recognize daylight savings time, there are four different time zones in the summertime in Arizona, even though it's a single time zone state, it's confusing. <laughs> and leave it
0: leave it to Dan Regard to educate me on that. There aren't just three, maybe four time zones in the US that, you know, Arizona has four on its own. So that's um,
1: always, always learning. Dan, Look, you-, left to right. you Left to right, China is much bigger than the United States. China has one time zone. Yeah. Simple. Certainly makes it <laughs> simple. Simple. Don't. But comp- countries that that are interspersed along the borders of China all have different time zones. Not complicated at all.
0: No. No. Um, important note, Dan. Y- you know, um, you kind of explained time zones can get a bit complicated. But I think for uh, for the listeners out there, it doesn't have to be complicated for them. That this is why working with companies like IDS helps them out. Knowing that time zones can be complicated puts you ahead of the curve. Knowing who to call who can handle the complexities of the time zone gives you that decided advantage.
1: Look, in 95% of the cases that most people work on, the minute sequencing of emails and time zones does not become a major issue. I don't think people in those cases need to consult with experts to verify and validate time zones. It's a proportionality issue. At the same token, if you boil your case down to one or two key documents and you want to verify their authenticity, time zone confirmation is a way to do that. If you have sequences that are very precise and anytime you have a timestamp, you have to assume if it was plus or minus 24 hours, would that affect my my interpretation? Then you should confirm exactly what that time zone is. And if you're doing discovery with documents, uh, and many times parties agree to discovery from January 1st to December 31st of a few calendar years. January 1st of 2020 to December 31st of 2023, that's going to be our discovery time period. If you're really interested in documents at the margin, like the student trying to submit his test results or her test results to the professor, give yourself that extra cushion because if my cutoff is December 31st, and I have a message that is dated based on UTC, it'll actually be dated January 1st and it won't make the cutoff. So if your cutoff is that crucial, give yourself a little margin, a little buffer zone. And finally, if you're interpreting data, not just documents, but data elements, we've seen this in cases where time is very crucial to the analysis, maybe to the merits, maybe to the damages, We've seen people get accurate timestamps, but misinterpret what those timestamps represent. We had a big truck driving case where all of the timestamps were provided. And one party said, these timestamps show exactly when these 11,000 drivers did or did not do different tasks that led to compensation. And if they could not because of delay, they should be compensated for delay. Turned out the interpretation of the timestamp was wrong. That was not when the actions took place. It turned out that was when the actions were recorded. So understanding if timestamps and time zones are important to you, if time is crucial, take the time to dig into the time.
0: Now, Dan, does, the, does our conversation that we just have had, does it change if we're talking about dates specifically, not how a time zone can change the date and push you past the date range that you're going to be looking at data for. Does it does it change it, at all for you?
1: Well, it, it does in the bucket of malfeasance and misfeasance, okay? We've had a lot of cases, again, where a company is located in the East Coast, their email service is located in Europe. The employee is located on the West Coast. They went to a conference in Chicago. What time zone applies here? So we just had the gathering, the processing, the inter- presentation, and the interpretation of time zones to be off by a factor of a few hours. Again, it doesn't always matter. And it's not because anyone set out to do it wrong. It just things happen. So, confirm your time zones when it's important. We have other cases where people have intentionally changed the time or the date of documents, and that falls in the category of misfeasance, or malfeasance, excuse me, I got them backwards. Misfeasance, we made a mistake. Malfeasance, we caused the mistake on purpose. And in those cases, again, when your evidence boils down to a few key documents, and the timing of those documents, or even the validation of those documents is crucial. Take a look at all the elements, including the time and date stamps. We have several cases where people have artificially created documents to show conversations that never took place, whether it's for contracts, for payments, sexual abuse cases, sexual harassment cases, uh, wrongful termination cases, and they've actually, Created fake documents with fake times and fake dates. And we've been able to show that a variety of ways. So sometimes you do have to pay attention to that.
0: Fascinating. And uh, I think that you've given the listeners a lot to ponder here, Dan. Um, let me ask you this last question. It's one that I've been asking on some of our other podcasts. What is the most recent thing that you have binged or what are you currently
1: binge watching? I'm glad you added the word watching at the end of that question (laughs) because I was prepared for a wide variety of issues. Um, (laughs) I'm a huge fan of the Jack Ryan series. And so I really enjoy watching that. I've watched some of the episodes multiple times and uh, it's, it's not just a space filler until Ted Lasso comes out. It's actually something I enjoy.
0: Well, March 15th, I think, Dan, I think they've announced March 15th is the first uh, new episode of the final season of Ted Lasso. Um, And Jack Ryan, I too am a fan. Uh, I have not uh, gone back and rewatched, but I could not stop watching this third season. So. It
1: really depends on what time zone you're in.
0: (laughs) And with that, I want to thank Dan Regard for joining us today, as well as our regular subscribers and those that may be first time listeners. If you'd like to learn more about IDS, or you wanna subscribe to our IDS Talks podcast, you can visit idsinc.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Thank you again for joining us. And I look forward to talking more about data with you on our next edition of IDS Talks.